Welcome to Fitch's Global Economic Outlook podcast for March 2017. I'm James McCormack, head of the Sovereign Team here at Fitch, and I'm joined by Brian Colton, Fitch's Chief Economist. In this episode, we're going to focus on U.S. monetary policy, particularly in light of what the Fed did on the 15th of March in raising rates. So, Brian, first, let's start with really the relevance of what the Fed did and said on the 15th. The increase was pretty much fully anticipated by the time it happened. But did we learn anything new in the economic projections that were released or the dot plot or the statement that accompanied it? Well, what was interesting is that the Fed didn't change their growth view and they didn't really change their assessment of, of underlying inflation trends very much. They did acknowledge that business investment had been recovering, slightly less concerned about, about the downside risks. And in combination with the fact that the Fed had done a lot of work in the few weeks before the meeting to massage market expectations of what they were going to do upwards, it turned out to be sort of a bit of a non-event from from a market perspective. But I actually think that belies the reality of what is really, when you set it in historical context, quite a big change in the Fed's approach. After the, the sort of emergency rate cuts in 2008, it took eight years to get interest rates back up in two steps uh, by 50 basis points. Now we've had two rate hikes in the space of three months. It's a major acceleration uh, in the Fed's um, in the Fed's approach to, to, to unwind, unwinding the stimulus. And I think it's very easy to forget that if you get too focused on just how, how things went uh, how things went on the day. Because remember, it wasn't very long ago, only six, six seven weeks before the meeting, uh, that the market really didn't believe that the Fed was going to raise rates by three times in 2017, as they had indicated in their December projections, which accompanied the previous rate hike. So I think it was actually quite an important meeting, this one. I think when the history books are written, people will look at this March 2017 rate hike as that was the point where the Fed kind of reached an inflection point and started taking a bit of a different approach to unwinding the stimulus. Okay. And one of the terms that we've heard to describe what the Fed did was this term dovish hike. So what what exactly do people mean by that, and do you think it's an appropriate description of what the Fed has done? Well, I, I think maybe the market was kind of concerned that we'd see the Fed upgrade their growth forecasts. They'd be much more trying to sort of predict a significant easing of fiscal policy, kind of preemptive response to, to that, and they would sound a lot more alarmed about the future inflation outlook. What their messaging actually said was, you know, this is what we told you last time. It's a, it's a, it's a gradual adjustment in rates. It's going to be very slow by the comparison with previous uh, historical periods of, 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 of rate tightening. And they didn't demur from that view. So in that sense, it was it was a bit dovish. But but again, I think it's a bit of a misinterpretation. I do think the Fed is getting more and more confident that it can that it can pursue uh, rate adjustment at a faster rate uh, now. They've been very very hesitant the last few years. Any sort of downside risk they've sort of taken as a as an excuse. Um, you know, it's been a real glacial pace of uh, of adjustment in, in, in interest rates. I think now. Um, there are quite a few people in the Fed are just kind of a lot more keen just to kind of get on with the job. Let's get rates up to something decent. There's, there's really there's really no excuse now in terms of where the economy is. The Fed are no longer talking about an output gap or an unemployment gap. Uh, you know, Yellen was very clear about that in her comments on participation. There's not much of a cyclical of a gap on that front. Underlying inflation is 1.7, 1.8, pretty much virtually, you know, uh, a, a whisker underneath the Fed's 2% target. So, 
it's, it's getting harder and harder to justify these exceptionally low rates. And I, th- I think the Fed is going to be less data dependent, actually, uh, going going forward than it has been in the past. I, Which I is a term we don't hear so much anymore. Data no, I mean, the data, the data hadn't changed particularly much since the last uh, the, the last meeting, as, you know, as reflected in the Fed's own forecast. So it certainly wasn't it certainly wasn't wasn't data driven. I think I think there's been a change of attitude inside the building. Okay. And that, that leads me on actually to another term I want to ask you about, and that's normalization, a normalization of, of interest rates. Is the market's understanding of what the normalization, at least the policy rate, means, is it different from the Fed's? And the reason I ask is because if you look at recent consensus forecasts for GDP projections 2017 and 2018, they're right at the top of the Fed's central tendency figures. Uh, but expectations seem to be for rate increases that are less aggressive than, say, what the dot plot suggests. So is there a disconnect in what people are understanding normalization to mean from what the Fed, we think the Fed means in terms of normalization? I think there is there is a disconnect, and I, and I think it's related, it's partly to the the way the Fed themselves have been delivering their message. They've been talking a lot about this concept called R-star, which is the equilibrium real interest rate in the economy. And they've been presenting lots of evidence to suggest that that's fallen a very, very long way. And I think the market have, have, have taken that view. Uh, you know, And there's some evidence some evidence that's been presented suggesting that that, that equilibrium real rate may, may not be much above zero, which implies when the Fed normalises, given their inflation target is 2%, a real interest rate of zero uh, only requires a nominal Fed funds rate in some sort of mid-cycle equilibrium of 2%. And that seems to be where the where the market is is stopping out in terms of interest rate expectations over the next few years. You know, and, and a good way of expressing that is if you look at the, the real interest rate implied by the uh, the, the index index market, the, the, the tips market in the States, five five year view there is is for a real rate of zero at, at, at the moment. So um, I, I think the, there has been uh, a sort of an, an embedding of this view that, that, that the real interest rate has really fallen very, very low because of demographics, because of inequality, because of emerging market saving surpluses. And, and that has been uh, weighing heavily uh, on medium medium to longer term expectations of where the Fed is going to normalise, um, you know, such that the market doesn't really see the dot plot as credible. It, it's significantly below the dot plot. We have some scepticism about that view, to be honest, and we've got some uh, some research under the way at the moment, which will be published relatively soon, uh, suggesting that actually there's not as much evidence uh, for for this uh, for this R star, this equilibrium real interest rate being very very low, uh, as as I think many people are, are banking on, and, you know, and that potentially raises the risk that we could get a, an adjustment in expectations going forward. Okay, thank you, Brian. We'll look forward to. Seeing that research, we'll uh, wrap up the conversation here today, and the next podcast in this series will be in June. Thank you very much for joining us.